everybody. We are privileged to have with us today 17-year tour veteran live on site on a practice court in Delray right now. He's now working with several of the young U.S. players on tour, including being here in Delray with Mackenzie McDonald. Please welcome to the pod Michael Russell. Michael, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and doing this with me. David, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I've listened to your podcast many times and happy to be on the show. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, so before we kind of get started on your tennis journey, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to this past year, who you've been working with, including being here in Delray working with Mackenzie. So I'm working with the USTA. I started in 2017 and primary responsibility is working with Mackenzie McDonald and a few weeks helping Taylor Fritz as well. And Strangely enough, they actually have to play each other first round here. But, tread lightly, uh, Michael. Tread lightly. Exactly. <laughs> both, you know, both are great guys. They're friends, and you know, you just get them ready to, to have a great match. Got it. Um, so, kind of what we do with all our guests, we kind of walk through their journey, how they got started in the game. I know your dad was a coach. Um, you had amazing success at the junior level. Kind of walk us through that. So, I come from a tennis family. Both my parents played. My dad actually owned indoor tennis clubs, and played collegiately at the University of Michigan, so I was kind of drawn into the sport by them. And I grew up playing soccer, baseball, but it's just the individual aspect of the sport. I just, I love that battle where it's one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, I had a great junior career. And yes, you did. <laughs> Several national championships. I can brag for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Several well, national you championships. Um, you, you could brag a little. It's okay, but uh, I, I can do that for you. I know you're pretty, you're pretty humble, but... Um, yeah, you had such a successful junior career that you actually had quite a decision to make, um, whether it was going to college or pro. And I, I did my research before I interviewed you. I've listened to some other interviews you've done. Um, it, while from the outside it looked like a really tough decision for you, it, it appeared like it wasn't that tough. You knew you needed to go to college. Yeah, I knew I needed to go. I, I was successful. Um, as an amateur playing a few pro events, but I knew I needed to get bigger and stronger and also playing You know in college. I played 76 matches as a freshman and it's hard to really get that many matches on the pro tour um, right out and My USTA coach at the time the junior coach was Rodney Harmon And then he took the position at University of Miami, so it was just a natural fit for me to go there He knew my aspirations were to be a pro I could come in play number one singles Right away. Right away. So I'm playing, you know, getting all these great matches. Uh, and phenomenal coach who I already had that relationship with, so it was just a natural for me to go to University of Miami. Right, and, and as myself as a coach, obviously not even close to, to your level, I've always been like, hey, it's okay, let's do every step and be successful at every step because if you go someplace and you're not successful, you're obviously not ready. And one year in college, were you 19, 20 tops when you were done? Exactly. I'm a big proponent of going to college, having that experience of not only the, the social aspect of interacting with other peers, but getting all the matches. And, and if you're dominating college, especially Bingo. as a freshman, then go out and you know test the waters out in the pro tour. Unless you're unless you're Andre Agassi, number three in the country at 18. I mean, again, it's, it's one year is not going to kill you. Yeah. And it, and it's a it's a measuring stick. If you're dominating, you're ready to go. If not, well, you still got some work to do. So, exactly. appreciate you uh, walking through. Obviously, uh, you got the seventh best collegiate player in the country. You were a freshman when you won the Rolex National Indoors. You had that success. You felt much better after that first year to go on tour, right? I did. I actually had a little bit of a blip, but people don't know, but I actually broke my arm right before I turned pro practicing with Agassiz yep. in North Carolina. So, that 
little bit of a, of a setback. Had to rehab for about four months before I did come back and start my journey on the Pro Tour. Got it. So let's kind of talk about your professional career. As I said in the intro, 17 years. That's incredible, especially with how physical the sport is nowadays. You play different generations. I mean, what an unbelievable experience. The thing that I took from you, you know, you had multiple injuries, multiple, not one, two, or three, and you fought through adversity each time, and, you know, a lot of people remember that fourth round match, I hate to bring this up, against Guga in 2001, I was going crazy for you, 26 ball rally, if there was a little bit of gust of wind, that ball's going out, sir, and you know that. Um, or if I'm calling my own lines. And if you're calling, <laughs> no, no, we don't cheat here on Beelance and Tennyson, especially not you. But yeah, um, along with the, um, you know, you also battle Leighton, five sets in the first round. Um, a lot of people know about those matches, but myself, what I remember and when we talk to others about your career is just 17 years, never say die attitude, you fight like crazy on every point. Unfortunately, you're not 6'4 with 140 mile an hour serve to get free points. So to do what you did, with your physical capabilities was absolutely phenomenal. Um, looking back on your career, what what are a few of the things that you're most proud of? Well, thank you, David. First, I, I appreciate those accolades, and you know, I really tried to take care of the things that I could control. You know, because in this sport, there's so much adversity, so many things that we can't control. You know, whether it's the environment, the wind, our opponent. You know, sometimes you wake up, you don't feel great, so. My fitness, you know, I, I always wanted to make sure that I was the fittest person out there, you know, or at least try to be, you know, that's something I can control. I wanted to be prepared, you know, whether that's nutrition, whether that's my warm-up, that's hydration, sleeping, recovery, you know, stretching, massage, icing, you know, so I'm always ready, if necessary, to put my body and my mind. Let's talk about that a little bit, because um, there was a time in your junior career where I believe you lost the match. And you didn't feel like you lost it because you were the lesser player. I'm not going to tell you who I think you lost to because I think it was a country minute. But um, you felt at that point you lost just because you were not fit. And looking at you now, my gosh, and we see the stuff you put on social media, you could be out on tour now. You're fitter than most of the guys on tour as far as I'm concerned. Um, that one tough match in the juniors, was that where you said, okay, I'm going to control the controllables. I'm never going to lose a match again because of fitness. And then, obviously, did you fall in love with it? Because you're still working out like a madman right now. Definitely. Yeah, that match changed my life, not only in tennis, but going forward. Basically, my, my mantra is that, you know, I, I lost that match because I got tired. I wasn't able to run side to side for whether the two and a half, three hours that was required. And I didn't feel it was from a skill set standpoint. And so I, I vouched from that day forward that I wasn't going to lose another match because of my fitness. And so it was literally like a switch just turned on. And the next day I started doing a ton of fitness, running, a lot of core work. And to this day, you know, I, I always try to find a gym in all my travels. And, You're lucky that you, you know, like it too because a lot of times you say, okay, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to lose a match because of fitness. But yet you may not fall in love with it. I mean, it clearly is something that is true to your core right now. Yeah, it's become a way of life. I love it. it it's it's something that's a part of me. Uh, I'm a little bit OCD, so I think that helps. But uh, and my wife loves to work out too. Right. So also a fitness also, fitness person. Yeah, exactly. So. so it helps a lot, and it's just it's part of our daily routine. Got it. Well, um, I want to kind of bring you back, and before we end here, my first memory of you was right after college, and you know the tournament that I'm going to talk to you about because I mentioned it to you before. It was that Winneka Challenger, and we're going late '90s, and you played a guy who you're friends with. 
um, James Blake. And you won that match, and I'm telling you, earlier today, was it yesterday or earlier today? I don't remember. I tried to confirm the result, and it only had the head-to-head -head on the ATP Tour. That wasn't what I wanted. I wanted the Challenger <laughs> match. Did you remember playing James? I, I mean, James and I had a lot of battles. We're good friends. Um, he's such a good guy. And we both beat each other up a lot, quite a bit. He got me one year in Miami. Right. 7-6 uh, yep. the third. I, I Very might, close. I might have gotten him in that Winneka Challenger. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, we had great matches, and we can always look back and laugh on it. I and mean, he's had such an amazing career, and you know, both of us, we both respect each other a lot. And he's one of the the guys you can go out, have dinner with, and you know, have great conversations, and look back at our careers and, and smile and laugh. Awesome. Um, you know, like I said, we're on site here. You're coaching several guys. They're actually, we said before, facing each other. You got a ton on your plate. I really appreciate your time, Michael. And um, best of luck. You're, you're one of the good guys, and best of luck in both your personal, professional endeavors and everything you do. I, I really appreciate it. David, thank you, and I, I look forward to the next time. Thanks, Michael. Okay, everybody, stay tuned. That was Michael Russell. He is absolute stud, like I said, one of the good guys, not, a, not only on the tour but in the world. Um, really, really thankful that he was able to spend some time with us. And as always, stay tuned for another podcast in the near future. Thank you very much.